This week we discuss comedy legend Harold Lloyd. Uh, no, Harold Holt. Okay, this week we discuss comedy legend and silent film star Harold Holt. No, we're discussing Harold Holt, the Australian Prime Minister. No, that's Malcolm Turnbull. No, I think you'll find it's Tony Abbott. No, Abbott came after Turnbull. Was it Costello? No, no, sorry. Scott Morrison is the current Prime Minister of Australia, although for how much longer, you never know. Okay, this week we're discussing Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison. No, Harold Lloyd. Sorry, I mean Holt. The comedian. No, no, the Prime Minister. Of Australia. Yes. Who isn't Scott Morrison? Yes. And not a comedy legend? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. This week we're discussing the life and death of Harold Holt, the Australian Prime Minister who failed to set the comedy world alight and never appeared in a silent film where he hung off the hands of a clock. Uh, In this episode we will not be discussing the mountain of trivia I've collected about Harold Lloyd's antics, nor getting to the bottom of his mysterious connection with the deep state and... Wait, 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 what? No, 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 no Harold Lloyd conspiracy theories for you. Let's all put a shrimp on the barbie, mate, and tie me kangaroo down for the rest of the episode. But... No, if it's Australian politics you want, that's what you're going to get. Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, brought to you today by Josh Addison and Dr. M. Denton. Hello and welcome to the Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy. Uh, as per usual, I am Josh Addison, they are Dr. M. Dentith. Uh, we're both in Auckland, we're both apart, miles apart. I should probably look on, on Google Maps to see precisely how many miles apart we are, just for interest's sake, but it's a bunch. We're properly isolated and self-distancing and all of that business as we're still... I just want to note here, it's actually kind of interesting that for a country which has been metric for a really, really long time, the metaphor continues to be miles apart and not kilometres apart. It's amazing how, how things just don't die even with a change to a superior metric system. Yes, I think it's just because the, the actual distance doesn't matter, so how you're measuring it is kind of irrelevant, and miles is easier to say than kilometres. And feet and inches are a useful... But Josh, I would walk 1,000 miles, and I would walk 1,000 more. I mean, obviously miles are important. Well, yes. I think certainly feet and inches are quite a useful just sort of unit of measure sometimes. Depends what you're measuring. But anyway, you're right. Yes, metric metric is the way to go. I like the fact that also for video watchers, you'll be aware that Josh's background has slightly changed. Some of has the boring done? board games are no oh, longer yes. there, and you've got burritos instead. Throw, throw, burrito. Yes, that's by the... Um, uh, the oatmeal guy who did like uh, uh, Exploding Kittens. And I like. know I know of the Exploding yeah. Kittens. Now, throw Throw Burrito is a card game that also involves um, soft burritos that you throw at each other at various Well, points. of course it does. Mm. It's a pandemic. These things happen all the time. Yep. Yep. I was throwing burritos at people just the other day, and that is why I've been warned by the police twice this week. Mm. Now, uh, just to reassure you, I am wearing my flannel shirt, which is my usual gear, uh, usual thing that I put on as a bit of a, a bit of a totem whenever I'm sick. But I'm not actually sick now, as well as being my the, the flannel shirt of decrepitude. It's also the flannel shirt of too cold to wear a T-shirt, but not quite cold enough to want to put a jacket on. Well, I'm, I'm glad that listeners mm. are now aware that that rustling sound is, in fact, the sound of flannel. Sure is. Anyway. Uh, oh, we have a new patron, don't we? We Another do, one. although I have a feeling it's a returning patron, actually. Oh, I recognise well, a better. name from a previous patronage, or 
It's a patron with the same name as a past patron, which is very suggestive of some kind of strange cyclical conspiracy. Whatever the case, mm. welcome patron. Or, or doppelganger patron, as it may be. Yes. Ooh, the doppelganger patron. That is a great name for a podcast episode. We need to find the doppelganger patron. Mm. And then spend most of the uh, episode talking about the film Doppelganger with Drew Barrymore. I actually don't think strange, I've seen it. Strange, oh, you, 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 you would remember if you had seen Doppelganger with Drew Barrymore. The, um, the last 15 minutes of that film, I will take, take to my grave. It, uh, it really does need to be seen to be believed. And then I shall put it on to the list of films I should watch off Nick's Plex server. Mm, I think you should. Now... That aside, um, we're, we're going back again. Again, we're going back to an old topic, but making it new. Um, we mentioned two week, uh, last week, rather, when we were talking about the brothers Kaczynski, that um, they were part of a series, a, a very irregular series we've done of disappeared uh, leaders of countries. We talked about the murder of Olaf Palmer in Sweden some time ago, and a very long time ago, we mentioned the disappearance of Australian Prime Minister Harold Holt. But um, as with the whole um, Oklahoma City bombing thing we did the other week, it was it's something we've mentioned in the past, but never really devoted a whole episode to. So um, we should probably do that. Indeed, Australia is a big country, and it's mm. right beside us, so let us now investigate the Australian hinterland and work out whatever happened to Harold Lloyd, comedy genius. Yes. Yes, so all the way back in April 2015, so basically five years ago, almost almost exactly, we mentioned um, Harold Holt in an episode, which, as I recall, we, we did an episode on conspiracies around mysterious disappearances, and it was mostly your, sort of your, your Jimmy Hoffa and your Lord Lucan, but um, Harold Holt, we, we sort of mentioned him in passing just because it was odd. For That, that was a case of uh, the um, uh, sitting prime minister of a country, not, not a former prime minister, the actual the guy who was in charge at that time disappearing without a trace, which... Um, certainly uh, there have been sitting leaders who've been assassinated or who've died on the job, but I think this is the first and possibly only time one has simply vanished from the face of the earth. Um, so we thought we'd take a, take a bit of a closer look at the man. I mean, the, the, the long and the short of it is that on the 17th of December 1976, Harold Holt went for a swim and did not come back in. No, so Holt was apparently a keen swimmer and went swimming nearly every day. I have to remember that December in Australia is the beginning of summer, so it's not a cold, mm. wintry night this, that he went for a swim. It was a warm summer's day. This would have been the first weekend of the summer holidays, I think. Par Parliament was in recess, so Parliament had shut down. So Harold Holt went, I'm going to go for a swim, or at least that's how the story goes. And he gets into the the sea at around about 12.15, I'm assuming that must be Lunchtime, PM. yeah. It was a, a pre-lunch pre swim, apparently. And then goes out swimming. The water's fairly choppy, and people at the time said didn't actually appear to be particularly safe. Holt was with companions when he was out there. He swam out further than them and started to actually get pulled presumably by a drag further out to sea. He didn't appear to be at all concerned about this, but at one point goes beneath the water, 
and then never comes up again. So the beach, um, Cheviot Beach, Cheviot Beach, I don't know how French that name gets. I think it's, 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 it's near Port Saint Victoria. So those are very British places for a French mm. named beast, beast, French named beast, French named beach to be located nearby. Apparently, apparently it's named after a ship that got wrecked there or something, because apparently the beach um, is, is quite sort of uh, quite a lot of rocks and reefs fairly fairly close offshore uh which mean that the water gets very churned up and choppy and what have you and so yeah apparently um Holt went out for a swim one of his companions went into the water felt quite a strong undertow and thought no I'm getting out of here and um yeah he just he got pulled out the the people who were uh, who were with him apparently said you know he he didn't appear to be in any sort of distress he wasn't raising his arms or waving for help or anything he just swam out and then suddenly went under and just didn't come up again um so the people who were with him uh, immediately went off for help by about 1:30, apparently uh divers were on the scene searching for him um by the end of the day the search had become massive obviously this is the prime minister the the sitting prime minister we're talking about there were helicopters there were boats there were um police divers there were naval divers he wasn't found at all on the first day. Um, they went back the next day, and the weather um, unfortunately hampered their search efforts a fair bit. It sort of went from being fine to being rainy and windy and so on. Um, but on and off, they they looked for a few days, um, and the search sort of gradually scaled down and scaled down until by the 5th of January, which is what, almost three weeks later, I guess, um, it was finally called off entirely, although by that stage it was down to just sort of beach patrols keeping an eye out from the sounds of things. And it should be pointed out that the person who was kind of in charge of the search, Lieutenant Commander Phil Hawke, said basically the chance of finding the Prime Minister was lost by the night of the day he disappeared. But they continued to look for him nonetheless because, as you pointed out, this was the sitting Prime Minister of Australia. So... Yeah, uh, apparently, uh, just sort of reading up today, um, Cheviot Beach, uh, the swim, swimming was banned at the beach, and that remains true to this day. You're apparently not even allowed to actually go onto the beach. There's, I, I saw some photos. There's sort of a, there's a lookout point, and there's a memorial to Harold Holt, but you're not even allowed to go there. I'm assuming that's because it turns out it's a dangerous beach in general, as opposed to this yeah. beach killed a prime minister, and for that reason and that reason alone, we are now going to punish it in perpetuity. Yes, no, it's, it's a, seems like it was just a dangerous beach to swim at, and unfortunately, Harold Holt was the um, the ultimate illustration of that. Do we know if anyone had died at the beach beforehand? Not, not that I've heard of. Um, it's entirely possible, but it hadn't come up in any of the reading I've done. Because it would be the kind of thing where, sure, people have died at that beach before, but you kill one prime minister. Mm. Yep, and then you're then you're just the then you're just the killer beach for the rest of your days. Yes, yeah, so, I mean Holt, he was declared dead in absentia pr pretty quickly. I, you know, obviously, pretty much like you said, after a day, if, if he hadn't turned up after a day, there's no way he could still be alive. You would think. Which is why most of the search was trying to locate where his body mm. was. They they weren't expecting to find him alive. They were simply hoping that they might find his body and thus thus get a cause of death. So mm. how did he drown? At what point did he drown? Etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. 
Yeah, so I mean that that was um, Sunday afternoon. He disappeared in the water. Uh, the following Friday, there was a, a, a very well attended memorial service held for him. Obviously, the search was still going at that point, but uh, there was there was no doubt that he, um, he there, there was no question that he might still be alive. And so so we come to the sort of the official the official telling of the tale. And there isn't really an awful lot to tell the Victoria police, um, Victoria being the state in Australia where this is, for those who aren't aware of the geography. Uh, the Victoria police launched an inquiry straight away, but never really reported on anything because there just wasn't much to say. Um, there, there didn't appear to be any doubt whatsoever that he had drowned, and the report was really just about uh, from what was released of it, it was more just about the different things that might have happened that could have caused his body to have gone missing. Possibly he was sort of, you know, his body was was pushed down to the bottom and got tangled in, in kelp seaweed on the floor. Perhaps he was eaten by the sea life. You know, there, there, were, a few, there, there were a few scenarios which could have accounted for the fact that his body was never recovered, but it didn't appear to be anything more more to that no 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 real question around exactly how he might have died and similarly uh, there was no state level investigation of his death again it, it, there didn't seem to be anything controversial about it and his family weren't interested in one they didn't they, they, they weren't asking for one to happen so there was no official there was no official investigation there and the Victoria coroner's office didn't hold an inquest because at the time, in fact, the, the, the Victoria state law said that in order to conduct a coroner's inquest, you needed to have a body. And the problem with the drowning is who's drowning deep at sea, there might not be any body to inquest about. But things changed, didn't they? They did. So as you can kind of predict with a prime minister who disappears one day, people started to theorise as to... Did he actually drown, or did something else happen? Which is why, back in 2003, the state coroner of Victoria, Graham Johnson, basically concluded that even though it's quite clear that the most likely cause of death for Prime Minister Holt was that Holt took an unnecessary risk and drowned in, in rough water, the lack of an inquiry at the time meant that some unsubstantiated rumours and unusual theories developed. And these theories are kind of where the conspiracy theories come in. Because whenever you have the case of a famous person disappearing unusually, people are going to start theorising as to what made the disappearance unusual. And the first major theory that came out was that Prime Minister Holt didn't die, Prime Minister Holt committed suicide, and that's been covered up by the authorities. Yeah, so this one, I don't know when it first came up. I think I think there were sort of um, suggestions in in the papers the following year or something like that, but. It, it was it was sort of it was more more in the way of a rumor, I suppose, that it wasn't a it wasn't an accidental drowning. It was a deliberate suicide, um, and so the theory developed that Prime Minister Holt uh, was suffering from some form of mental health issues. That um, he was worried about his political prospects. He thought as he thought uh, for, for whatever reason that his political career could be in jeopardy, um, and had so and had been driven to suicide by that. 
And it's a theory that's bounced around a bit. In 2007, there was an Australian documentary called Who Killed Harold Holt that apparently leaned quite heavily in, on the suicide theory. But it's never really gone anywhere. The people who actually knew Harold Holt said, no, that this is just absolute nonsense. There's no indication that he'd ever had any sort of feelings like that. Um, I think it was his wife or someone close to him said he was too selfish to commit suicide, uh, whatever she well, meant by that. Uh, that's damning with faint praise. It is. I mean, uh, and, and that kind of leads into the next one. Um, the, the people perhaps not having the highest opinion of Mr. Holt. One, one another theory that came up was that um, uh, he didn't drown. He, he actually faked his death. And the reason why he faked his death was because he wanted to, to run off with his mistress. Now, it is true that he was known to have had affairs, isn't it? Yes. And in fact, um, the group of people that he was with at the time included a woman with whom he either was or had in the past had an affair. Um, and his, his wife apparently knew about his infidelities. Um, and when people suggested that um, the woman he was with that day, he had somehow, you know, um, He'd, he'd faked his death to try and run away with her. She, his wife, made some, well, his, his then widow, made some comment along the lines of, you know, I hope she knows she wasn't the only one on the list. And so again, this this sort of came into into the um, into the field of rumours. There were it was it was sort of a story. It was a story basically. It was a nice story people liked to tell, um, but there wasn't anything really to it at all. Certainly, no evidence. I did, as far as I'm aware, has ever been produced that that might in any way prove this it was just kind of a story yes because normally when you get stories of this particular type what you'll get will be the incriminating photograph or alleged photograph going look we took a photo of someone who looks a lot like harold holt 10 years later on the arms of the younger woman is this evidence the prime minister faked his own death is the prime minister now living in hackney and I don't believe there's any evidence of that particular kind. It's more, he was known to have affairs. One reason why you might fake your own death is to spend time with your mistress. Ipso facto, he must have faked his own death. Yeah, so, I mean, those those were some theories that weren't particularly conspiratorial. I suppose faking your death is a little bit, but even then, they seem to be things that Holt, Holt cooked up on his own. Um, and, and sort of restricted to his personal life, things get a little more political uh, with the claims that possibly it wasn't an accidental drowning, it was some sort of an assassination. Now, of course, this now ties in quite nicely with our previous discussion of Olaf Palmer. It does, who of yes. Of course, people end up going, that was a politically motivated assassination because Holt is said to have either been killed by the Americans, particularly by the executioners attached to the CIA, because he was going to pull Australia out of Vietnam, or was assassinated by members of the North Vietnamese army, presumably because Australia was in Vietnam at the time. Yes, some, something like that, I guess. And th these theories sort of assume that there were there were some there, there were sort of divers out in the water at the beach waiting for him underwater to swim out and and pull him down and and murder him one way or another. Um, 
There are other similar theories that say uh, he was picked up by waiting divers in the ocean, uh, but not murdered. He was in fact abducted, taken away one way or another. And these stories all seem to seem to involve the Chinese, stories of a Chinese submarine waiting off the coast of Australia with divers in the water. They often say frogmen, but I think in a, in a conspiracy theory website, we want to make very certain that we are talking about human beings in diving suits, not some sort of amphibious and reptilian. Genetically engineered frogs. Yeah. So, so divers, divers waiting in the water uh, to take him on board the submarine. Now, there are sort of two flavors there. One is that he was abducted by the Chinese for some reason. I'm not quite sure what the supposed thinking was there. Uh, but the more prominent one was that it wasn't an abduction, uh, that, that it, was a, it was a retrieval, that um, Holt himself was actually a, a Chinese sleeper agent. Um, who the Australian intelligence services were onto, his cover was about to blown, uh, about to be blown, and so this was a carefully orchestrated um, way of getting, faking his death and um, getting him back to China, where he could live out his days hidden there, um, and no one would ever know. Um, now, this one is actually, th there was a whole book devoted to this, um, the imaginatively titled The Prime Minister Was a Spy, uh, was released in 1983 by the British writer Anthony Gray, um, who at the time talked about having an anonymous source who he'd worked with. This source was eventually revealed to be Ronald Titcombe, who was a former Royal Australian Navy officer. And it's, it's, it's a book, it's out there, it's a claim that was made, but really, as far as I can tell, no one has taken it seriously, and anyone who actually knows anything about anything has pretty much rubbished the whole affair. Yeah, so it turns out that none of the claims have been corroborated, and none of the documents which apparently show that Holt was a Chinese spy have ever been produced, which has made people go, maybe they don't exist. But of course, the big question about this particular theory is, presumably, if Holt was about to be revealed as a Chinese asset working for the Chinese, but in power in Australia, then... Presumably, the Australian Secret Service would have revealed that anyway You'd once so. Holt disappeared, because either they're about to arrest the Prime Minister, which is going to be a major embarrassment anyway, at which point they would have a story prepared for why the Prime Minister has been arrested or been taken into custody. So the Prime Minister disappearing doesn't seem like a good rationale for a cover-up, given that you've probably already prepared something to explain why the prime minister isn't the pm now anyway actually i th i think the book did deal with that a little bit i think i think the claim there was that it would be covered up because um the the australian intelligence services therefore wouldn't have to admit that they'd let a chinese sleeper agent end up taking the highest office in the country. I think his claim was that this guy had sort of been radicalised, uh, that Holt had been radicalised in some way in, in his youth, in his 20s or something, and so had sort of risen up through the ranks as a sleeper agent the entire time. So I, I suppose you could run the line that um, once the Chinese had sort of done the Australian intelligence services work for them and got him out of the way, they could then just pretend that the whole thing had never happened and they wouldn't have to look silly about how they, how they managed to let this guy right under their noses um, do his thing the entire time. But yeah, as you say, it's nothing's ever come of it. Why not then just claim that the Australian Secret Service got rid of the Prime Minister rather than reveal that he was a Chinese spy? 
So why go he was abducted? Why not go Holt's disappearance well, is entirely it, due to the Australian intelligence service doing its job and making him disappear. Well, yes, I don't know. I mean, at, at the end of the day, I, the reason why I think why we can come up with a bunch of scenario, scenarios, none of which make 100% sense, is that um, the, the, the theory to begin with doesn't make a, a huge amount of sense. Although it does fit in with a whole bunch of theories that were coming out in the early 80s about infiltration of left-wing political activists in Commonwealth countries. So Holt was, I believe, a Labour PM. I think I'm correct in thinking that. I think so, yes. And in the early 80s, you get a whole bunch of books coming out about the KGB, for example, infiltrating British universities to convert people to be sympathetic towards Soviet Russia and how those people became major assets during the 60s and 70s, some of which actually did occur. And so it makes sense that people then start looking at what's going on in Australia, going, well, Australia is quite similar to the UK, so surely the Soviet or other communist-aligned countries will be doing something similar there as well. What strange event in Australian history could we potentially explain with reference to a communist plot? Oh, look, a left-wing prime minister disappeared mysteriously, I wonder if he was abducted by the Chinese. Mm. And of course, this fits in quite nicely with the death of one of our left-wing PMs, good old Norm Kirk, who I don't think we've talked about in this podcast either. No, what was I, I wasn't aware there were theories oh, around his Winston death. Winston Peters has been going on about Norm Kirk conspiracy theories forever. He basically has intimated on several occasions the CIA killed Norm Kirk. Ah, see, well, they're, they're, they're my strong policy of never really listening to anything Winston Peters says um, has, has kept me in the dark on this one. I mean, in many respects, that policy does normally pay off, but in mm. this particular case, you have missed out on an exciting conspiracy theory that I shall force you to digest in the future. Very well. Um, now, that's from here on in, things get um, a little more fanciful. Wackier? We have... Now, this isn't really a conspiracy theory, but um, the idea that uh, Howard Holt was disappeared because he was actually a refugee alien of With extraterrestrial amazing honor, powers. Uh, powers. Yes. Um, so the the uh, we've just spoiled for you the plot of the 2017 short film, The Defector. In fact, I know it's called The Defector Part yeah. One. Yes, there hasn't been a part two that I'm aware of. So when I first watched it back in 2017, when I think this was when the video was up on Vimeo, when you finished watching it, you could enter your email address into a field and it would alert you as to when part two was going to come out. Part two has never appeared, but it's actually, it's quite a good little short film. Very well done, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so just look up The Defector Part 1, and um, yeah, I think you'll find it quite interesting, but certainly that doesn't claim to be anything but a work of fiction. Unlike the last entry on our list, now when when back in episode 43 we talked about Harold Holt, um, I had just done about five seconds worth of googling Harold Holt conspiracy theory, and the first thing I came across was um, the website of a man called Gary David Simmons, and I remember saying at the time, 
that if you picture in your head the website of a, a, a tinfoil hat wearing a stereotypical conspiracy theorist, it would look pretty much exactly like this website. Um, it's been tidied up a little bit, came back to it again, and it's um, it's it's looking a bit better. But um, well, all right, let, let me clarify. It's gone from looking like a really bad GeoCity site to looking like a moderately good MySpace page. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not a professional um, uh, a professional operation, but it doesn't claim to be. It's it's the work of a single man. That man being Gary David Simmons, and he claims to know mm. what happened to Harold Holt because he claims to be the person who did the dirty, or at least yes. was part of the dirty trick. So he claims that he was well, no, he was a naval diver. I think there's plenty of plenty of information on record to, to that, that it's, there's no question that he was indeed a, a, diver, a diver in the Australian Navy. But Josh, he was not just a naval diver. He was a naval diver who was subject to mind control drugs and had a chip implanted in his throat. Yes, indeed. If you go to the um, if you go to the website harold-holt.net, uh, you can see uh, he's put up put up reproductions of his of scans he's had done that supposedly show this computer chip that's in his neck, and he talks about how this bunch of naval divers were subjected to various mind control experiments that were fashionable at the time. He was drugged and experimented on in other ways. He claims that um, he forgot all of this for many decades. Indeed, it at some points claims that he actually forgot how to speak and read and write and only regained those senses, uh, those those uh, capacities in, in more recent times. But um, th through this fog of drugs and mind control, he now believes that he, he, he now remembers that on the day, he was indeed a diver waiting out in the surf for Harold Holt. Um, he remembers towing Harold Holt's body uh, to a, a fishing vessel that was waiting further offshore um, and claims that he was the diver who was tasked with um, diving down to the bottom of the ocean with Harold Holt, tethering him there um, and leaving him there. He, he, he thinks that at the time he dragged Holt away, Holt had been drugged but wasn't actually dead yet and that he would have drowned having been tied down at the bottom of the ocean. Um, he says that the plan was that the rope he was anchored with was supposed to decay over a couple of days so that a couple of days later his body would float to the surface and be found, but that part of the plan didn't work out. He thought possibly he had just been sunk too deep and, and wasn't going to come up again. He claims that uh, the motive for this was that um, Holt was killed by American interests, presumably. Well, he claims he was killed because he was opposed to Americans setting up satellite surveillance bases in Australia. So either he was killed by the American military or possibly elements within the Australian military who wanted to keep the Americans on side, something like that. He says a bunch of other things, though, does Mr Simmons. Yes, Mr Simmons is what we call in today's parlance a sovereign citizen. He claims that Australia's constitution is illegal and invalid, and he keeps on talking about this thing called the second law of the universe. Yeah. He takes this very seriously, the second law of the universe. He claims to be to have invoked the second law of the universe several times. He keeps talking about the fact that he invoked the second law of the universe in setting up his website. 
and indeed when apparently his original host it was taken down and he had to get it set up somewhere else he he has uh reproduces his correspondence with his web hosts where he takes them to task over the fact that he did invoke the second law of the universe when he set up that website and they've done something else very bad by by rescinding his invocation or something and he had to invoke it again uh, I, i've i've had a, a look through the site i have no idea what the second law of the universe is nor indeed what the first or any other laws of the universe are but he's very keen in talking about it it actually reminds me a lot of the so-called geomancer's mile which is a measurement you find amongst people who believe in a pre-deluge super civilization of human beings so basically a civilization which disappeared with the flood or natural disaster and they talk about how all these monuments around the earth are unified by the fact that there's a common measurement between them all, the geomancer's mile. Now, no one ever tells you how big a geomancer's mile is. They simply tell you that all the monuments share this common measurement. And they do it in such a way you end up going, I don't think they know what a geomancer's mile is. They simply know that other people like that term and so they're using it all the time and maybe mr gary david simmons is very keen on the second law of the universe without necessarily being clear exactly what that law is mm. so yeah he, he he's been fairly fairly vocal in his way apparently uh, apparently it was uh, was back in uh when was it again 2005 when the victorian state coroner uh, released his conclusions on on the death of of Harold Holt. That sort of spurred Mr. Simmons apparently to to become a bit more vocal. I, I don't know if that was where the point when he recovered these memories that he claims to have, but that that seems to be when he started talking to people. And he's he's apparently written many times to the authorities claiming to know what happened to Holt. He's filed various affidavits. He's made statutory declarations about, about the things that happened to him, the things that were done to him by the government and um, the things that he ins- claims he was made to do by them. And, yeah, it uh, certainly doesn't come across as particularly uh, persuasive Although I suppose you could say it does sound exactly like the sort of things that a person who had been drugged into insensibility and made to do all sorts of things under mind control would say. Yes, this is one of those things that cuts both ways, because on one level, if you receive a letter from a member of the public saying, hello, I've recovered my memories recently, and it turns out that I was one of the people responsible for assassinating a sitting prime minister of this country— your first reaction is likely to be, I think you might be a bit of a nutter and file the letter away. At the same time, if it turns out there really was a conspiracy to drug and enact mind control upon citizens in order to get them to be complicit in state-sanctioned murders, then they're probably only going to remember that when they recover their memories due to some particular event, at which point being concerned citizens who are aghast at what happened to them are then going to write letters starting off with, hello, I just recovered my memories and I helped assassinate the sitting prime minister of this country. Mm. But yes, I think his his case certainly is not bolstered by all the sovereign citizen. Australia's constitution is illegal and invalid. I invoke the second law of the universe stuff. Um, 
I think that that would probably further colour any opinion we might have of him. I notice, he... and also given that they did do a very large amount of diving at the site that Holt disappeared yeah. at, the body being trapped beneath the waves seems implausible, unless, of course, you think that the police divers and the naval divers were actually in on the conspiracy, at which point, of course, they're not going to find the body because they know exactly where it is and just won't look there. Mm. Now, on his website, he he publishes a few sort of news articles where he's been mentioned. I, I found him mentioned a few times in places, but it was usually the sort of tone was, and here's what this crazy person thinks. Um, but he, he he put up a few news articles where his claims had been taken appeared to have been taken somewhat seriously. One of them, uh, they sort of um, was a was a um, amalgamation of his theory and the theories of another man called Colin Law, another uh, Australian who claims that um, Holt was killed um, not because he was opposed to American satellite bases, but because he wanted to set up an Australian atomic energy industry and the, um, the, American, the American nuclear power industry didn't want the competition, sort of mentioned the Rockefellers didn't want any, anyone cutting into their profits. And they sort of, and the, this particular article sort of mentions that as the that as the motive, but then brings in Mr. Simmons as as sort of the proof about that the Holt met with a sticky end. This was published though in um, not one of Australia's main newspapers. It was published in the Nation, which I couldn't find mention of until I went back and looked at the guy's site and saw that he, it's pointed out to be the official newspaper of Australia's One Nation Political Party. Oh, I, I, I think Hanson's I know those fellows. Yes. Yeah. That is the super right-wing, uh, highly xenophobic party in Australia, so perhaps not the most um, erudite of publications. Which, which we should point out does have a sitting MP in Canberra, so they might be a fringe party, but they're f- not so fringe that they're actually not represented in yeah. Australian politics. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's, that's the long and the short of it with Mr Simmons, and I think... Uh, we, we, we mentioned uh, the case of Ulf Palmer at the start, and I think a lot of these theories have a similar problem to the ones in the Ulf Palmer theory, where, where people claimed that he had been, uh, if you recall, or if you didn't hear that episode, uh, the, the sitting Prime Minister of Sweden was shot on the street one night while he was out for a walk, and people immediately suggested it was some sort of a political assassination. But one of the problems with that is that um, at the time, Prime Minister Palmer uh, the reason why he was out on the street was because he and his family had decided pretty much on the spur of the moment they were just going to go go see a movie and they were on their way to the cinema. That hadn't been announced in advance. Um, and similarly, Prime Minister Holt, um, his decision to go for a swim at Cheviot Beach was pretty much a spur of the moment thing. Apparently, there was... Um, <clears throat> Some uh, some sailor was apparently stopping by in Australia on his way uh, circumnavigating the globe. That was sort of a, a thing in the news at the time, and they'd driven out to watch his yacht coming in, but apparently they, they couldn't get a very good view of him, so they were on their way back home for lunch, and just on the way, Holt decided, actually, I feel like a swim, let's stop at the beach here. So if this was some meticulously planned operation, that doesn't seem to jibe with the fact that um, there doesn't appear to have been any way of knowing that he was actually going to be swimming at that beach in the first place. Yes, it does seem that to explain the conspiracy here, you need to have people who are very much aware of the Prime Minister's movements and able to predict small things of this particular type. Now, of course, that isn't out of the question, especially if your conspiracy then includes members of the Prime Minister's group, because you can imagine a situation where a member of the group 
casually suggests to Holt, oh, that looks like a nice beach. You should go for a swim there. But you are now adding in significant mm. levels of unpredictability to the story. It'd be much easier to make the Prime Minister say, disappear in the middle of the night. And then you could still do the, he left his wife for a mistress, he packed his bags, left in the middle of the night, was never seen again. You could do the, he was extracted by Chinese agents, they arrived in the middle of the night, they took him to an airfield, and he flew away. You can still have all the same conspiracy theories resulting from a disappearance without the unpredictability of why this beach at this particular time? Mm. And I mean, I don't know a lot about diving, but I, I assume it's not it's it's no small thing to get a couple, bunch of divers in the water at a, at a particular spot. So unless they had um, teams of divers waiting in every in every sort of beach and inlet on the coast of Australia where he happened to be diving, or they were somehow able to to get people um, to exactly the right spot in a very short amount of time, yeah, the whole thing just doesn't really seem to hold together. And like I say, I mean, at, at the time and in all official inquiries afterwards, the the notion that he drowned has never really been questioned at all. Uh, people saw it happen. Yes, this is very much a fringe conspiracy theory. It's not a major part of Australian politics to believe that Harold Holt was disappeared. It's simply a very fascinating story, which is the age-old story we find in this podcast. Famous person disappears unusually. Conspiracy theories fill the void. So he's become a bit of a a bit of a meme in Australian culture. There was a some time ago, uh, there was a sports commentator talking about uh, people people still rooting for this supposedly hopeless team, uh, or rooting for this team was like still leaving the porch light on for Harold Holt or something, and then that team was was mocked with Harold Holt references from now. I actually just this very afternoon, I saw um, I work for a company with offices in New Zealand and Australia, and on the company. Uh, the company Slack channel, somebody put up one of those things, uh, uh, <clears throat> a little Twitter meme where someone had said, uh, you know, all these stories at the moment of like the dolphins coming back to the, the canals of Venus and here in Australia, and they had a photo of Harold Holt swimming in on, um, swimming in on the surf, which uh, a week ago, I would not have got that reference. But thanks to the reading for this episode, I did. And that's why, gentlemen, we say broaden your mind. Mm. It's a film reference. It is. It sure is. So I think we've come to the end of this episode. So shortly we will stop recording this and start recording our patron bonus episode, which you will be unsurprised to learn still has a bunch of COVID stuff in it. And has an update on Alex Jones and that whole Q revelation. You'll be surprised by what has happened in the last week. And yes, we'll be talking about COVID-19. We'll be talking about how climate change deniers are using the COVID-19 crisis to further their cause. We'll be talking about how... Pew Research Center has some interesting data on what Americans believe about COVID-19. And then we have an update on that Kennedy curse. You'll never guess who's died recently. Mm. Some some people, quite a few. It's been in the news, I think. It has. But I assume yes. you're talking about someone specific. Yes, so that's 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 coming up for our patrons. Um, if if you would like to join 
one of our one of our growing number of patrons. Um, you could do so by going to patreon.com and searching for the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy, or by going to conspiracism.podbean.com, the site where this podcast is hosted, and using Podbean's nat native uh, patronage scheme. Um, but if you don't feel like becoming one of our patrons, that's fine too. Just th thank you for listening. Basically. And we also apologise to our patrons. We were meant to be mm. live broadcasting this episode this week so patrons could listen in. Unfortunately, the software that I was using to reroute the audio from Zoom to Discord didn't quite do what it was meant to do. We're hoping to have that issue fixed by next week by using completely mm. different software. That would be the ideal. So it's next week. Next week, patrons, tune in for a Discord broadcast. But for now, you'll just have to, to cope with the, the usual fear. So I believe that's all we have to say to our regular listeners. Um, we'll see you next week, presumably still in isolation. I, I think by this time next week, it may have been announced that um, isolation measures might reduce. Maybe. Now, it does seem that even if we go from alert level four to alert level three, it won't be changing most of our lives. Not a lot, no. I think anyone who can remain... Uh, who can work from home will be encouraged to still keep working from home. Um, but at least it might be possible to go through the drive-through at a fast food place. Oh, the luxury. Oh, mm, the decadence. Oh, yeah, precisely. Mm. So um, until next week, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from Josh. Classic. been listening to the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy starring josh addison and dr mrx dented which is written research recorded and produced by josh and m you can support the podcast by becoming a patron via its podbean or patreon campaigns and if you need to get in contact with either josh or m you can email them at podcastconspiracy at gmail.com or check their twitter accounts monkey fluids and conspiracism The truth is out there, but not quite where you think you left it.